podcasts of Joe Walsh and Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. Dan and Amy, uh, just some facts to inform the uh, D.C. Press Corps coverage of some of these issues. DHS uh, putting out uh, information, Department of Homeland Security, on on the uh, migrant caravan. Yeah. They uh, have 270 people that are among those caravanners. Yeah, the latest I heard was 12,000. Well, right, but of the, that 12,000, they've identified at least 270 who have mm-hmm. criminal histories, known gang membership. They also suggest that there are individuals from more than 20 countries included in the caravan, including Somalia, India, Haiti, Afghanistan, Bangladesh. That's not to say anything about anybody from those countries one way or the other, other than to say that the idea that people from around the world don't look to our southern border as their entry point for the United States that's dismissed by the left. It's a fact. So that's uh, the caravan, which obviously has been a major issue uh, in the closing weeks and days of this campaign. <laughs> and then there's, uh, you know, just the left civility since uh, uh, sharp words or actions are a one-way street, according to the D.C. press corps, the predominant view. Marsha Blackburn hung in effigy in Shelbyville, mm. Tennessee, uh, a, uh, a, a figure of her with her name on it, X over Marsha and a dunce cap hanging from a tree in Shelbyville. Mm-hmm. And then this little, ex- not exchange, message from a reporter to U.S. Army veteran, John James, who's the Republican nominee for Senate in Michigan. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dangerous when a reporter doesn't know how to work a phone. She can get herself in a lot of trouble, which is what Brenda Battle did, a reporter with the Huron Daily Tribune, calling to leave a message to schedule an interview with Candidate James. Hi, my name is Brenda Battle. I'm a reporter with the Huron Daily Tribune in Bad Axe, Michigan. Uh, Looking to uh, set up an appointment with Mr. James for some time on Wednesday for a phone interview regarding the election results. I'm probably going to send an email over um, to the info at johnjamesforsenate.com with some details. Um, if you'd like to call me back, my my number is 989. Thank you. Man, if he beats her, Jesus. That would suck. Oh. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Oh. Effing uh, John James is what the reporter said. So maybe and maybe you would... can understand. Maybe if you don't want to use the term, the phrase, enemy of the people, okay. How about enemy of Republicans' electoral interests? Is that fair? Is Brenda Battle not have a, a job this morning? Not an objective scrivener? Uh, on the campaign trail, assessing both Stabenow and James on the merits, do you wonder? I mean, she should learn to hang up the phone, but I'm glad she didn't because now you know how she really feels. I mean, how many examples do we need for more on these topics and so many more? We're pleased to be joined by our friend Juan Williams, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill. The Juan Williams, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Good morning. It's a big day in America. It is. I wanted to start with something where we have common ground and then it can devolve into madness (laughs) from there. 
um, so uh, Juan Williams is a, a pro school choice Democrat. And so I wanted to get your take on governor's races in places like Wisconsin and Illinois here uh, in Florida, where you have Democrat nominees for governor that are vowing to eliminate the successful school choice programs in all three of those states. Well, I'd be opposed. As you said, I'm pro school choice and in specific charter schools. I have some qualms about vouchers in terms of where they go and the kind of very segregating segregationist schools, both by gender and religion and all the rest. I'm not, I, my focus is on trying to deliver for America's kids the best quality education. Uh, that's why I get into trouble with all the unions, because I think they're about protecting jobs for the adults, and I think the number one priority should be educating the kids. Right, and, and so, I mean, do you think that's enough of uh, an issue in terms of importance that it uh, you know, borders on litmus test worthy? No, not obviously not. I mean, even in the campaigns that you're talking about, it's not near to the number one issue. No, I'm talking about for you. I'm not talking about whether it is on the issue matrix. I'm just talking what it should be, not what it is. Oh, well, to me, I mean, you know, in my life, I mean, I, you know, I take this very personally because in my life, I don't think I would be anywhere if I hadn't been the beneficiary of a first class education. When we talk about things like poverty, when we talk about uh, income inequality in specific, uh, so much of this relates to people uh, who have been denied or somehow lack education. And I just think, and especially a quality education, I just don't see how we in a global economy as a nation can have a positive future if our young people aren't prepared to compete. We're not even close when it comes to the STEM, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. We are trailing the rest of the world. It's crazy. All right, so there you go. Juan Williams saying, vote for Scott Walker. No, I did not say that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, so we played the the audio of Brenda Battle, that reporter, who, by the way, was fired this morning from her job. Um, But then you have your your colleague, Sean Hannity, up there last night with President Trump. What did you make of that? Was it a little too close? Yeah, it made me uncomfortable. I mean, clearly it's not my decision. That's up to Sean Hannity and it's up to Fox News. Sean had tweeted earlier that he wasn't going to be right. part of the rally, that, in fact, that he was just doing a show from there. But uh, the president invited him onto the stage. Well, right. I'm, but I, let, I let, let, let's just, I mean, Sean Hannity and somebody who holds himself out as an objective reporter are two different things. One has a show, it has a particular point of view that is wholly transparent. The other, in the case of this reporter in Michigan and just in general, uh, is the uh, pantomime of objectivity to mask an agenda. So the, the the difference between Sean Hannity and Brenda Battle in Huron, Michigan, or wherever, is a, one of transparency. Isn't that fair, Juan? No, I Why think not? that I don't understand what happened there uh, in terms of firing this reporter. I think lots of people, including the two of you, me, Sean Hannity, we could go on, have our personal political views. Right. It doesn't stop us from then treating people fairly or doing a job. Her job is to be a reporter. I think most reporters, it's been proven in this country, are liberal. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that you don't pick up the paper and expect a certain level of professionalism in the delivery of the news content. But, you know, I think what this was, maybe this is embarrassing to the company. I don't know if it was the use of the profanity. I don't know what went on there. But to me, 
that the, the the idea that somebody has a political view does not disqualify them from doing their job. No, I, I completely agree. It's just the uh, unnerving nature of lying about it, pretending that you don't. Of course you have a political point of view. Of course that informs the stories you choose and how you choose to cover them. So be honest about it, and then we can have an honest conversation. But when you pretend— No, you know, I have wait, a wait, different wait, point wait, of view on that well, but, but, because wait, I think so much of it is about the audience, and a lot of times people will uh, cater to the audience, but my fear is that sometimes they pander to the worst instincts in the audience in terms of the racial division, the anti-immigrant kind of drivel, the— you know, it, we just saw ads pulled from major networks, including Fox, put out by the Trump campaign that, again, just full of lies about the caravan. And, a, and they put up this guy who had killed some police officers and make him the I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So Fox News, they, you guys aired that. So did NBC for Sunday Night Football. Uh, do you think you guys were dragging your heels before taking that ad down? What do you mean dragging out? Well, I mean, why did it take so long for Fox News if they felt this way? Why didn't they feel this way weeks ago when they started airing that ad? Well, I think people had to look at it. And the thing is, there's always resistance to silencing any kind of political advertising. You want to make sure everybody gets their say. But it's when it crosses the line into this hatefulness and lies, I mean, clearly, not only is the caravan a humanitarian issue, it's no threat to us. It's not an invasion. They're not carrying diseases. There's no MS-13 army approaching the – I mean, it's just ridiculous. There's thousands of miles from the border. But this has become the go-to message for Trump because he doesn't have any other message. And it's just incredible to me how many people are sufficiently gullible to say, oh, that must be the issue. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. But – the idea that then you lie about it and say Democrats let this criminal in. In fact, he was deported by Democrats, let by, back in by Republicans, not deported by Sheriff Arpaio, a Republican icon. And then they put that in an ad. It's just tragic that this kind of trash gets on the air. Mm. Well, so is the um, is Andrew Sullivan a bigot, too? Because Andrew Sullivan wrote a piece in the New York uh, magazine over the weekend uh, chastising Democrats for pretending that uh, immigration is an issue that they can ignore. And it is noteworthy that even Beto O'Rourke in El Paso has pretended that he needs time to study this issue of what to do about the caravan. Democrats have been running from this issue in terms of what their policy prescription is since the caravan formed. Well, I don't think that's right at all. In fact, well, I think what you're okay. seeing is that's what he Democrats said. saying that this is a humanitarian issue. We need to deal with the source of the problem. We don't need to demonize people unnecessarily. And reminding people, this is so important to me, that we are a nation of immigrants. We want people who have energy and desire. Ronald Reagan, if you'll recall, said he believed in border security walls, but he said every wall should have an open door. And these people are coming seeking asylum. Nobody's threatening us. Nobody's saying we shouldn't have laws. Democrats don't believe in open borders, but this is the kind they of don't. rhetoric you're hearing. They don't. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez specifically does, and there are Democrats that want to eliminate ICE. And the whole—I mean, if, if you—a policy solution, we need to address it at the cause. What does that mean? We need to turn Guatemala into Texas? Well, that's not going to happen. So what do oh, you— Oh, no, do? we don't send foreign aid to countries around the world. We don't get involved with our neighbors. No, no, we no, have no, no, no. Trade no. deals. What, what, kind, what kind of 
short to medium term solution is is saying we're going to turn Guatemala and Honduras and other struggling third world countries into economic engines. What do you do about the reality on the ground right now with our porous southern border well beyond the caravan? Just as a general matter, of course, Republican administrations, Democrat administrations, the number of people in this country deported multiple times, the number of people in this country who've committed violent crimes, including against other immigrants. Uh, and nobody ever seems to get a handle on it. This isn't a Republican-Democrat thing. It's part of the reason Trump got elected, because both parties have abdicated the responsibility, the national security responsibility on the southern border, and people are tired of it. And that's not racist. That's reasonable. That's rational. That is so irrational. I don't even know where to begin, because you've packed so many misconceptions and distortions in there. Number one, our southern border is not porous. In fact, immigration has been going down for the last 20 years in this, on that southern border. We have increased security, the number of agents, the technology from drones to electronic sensors to fencing, all true. And if you really think about it, when George W. Bush tried to pass immigration reform, who stopped him? The far right. When we had a gang of six under President Obama, in other words, bipartisan support in the Senate, for immigration reform. Who stopped it? The Republican majority in the House, and specific the Freedom Caucus. So I don't even know where to begin with you in that kind of rant, because, again, it misleads your audience and makes them think, oh, it's those evil Democrats. Are you kidding me? This is Republican intransigence to deal with an issue about immigration reform. And most people, by the way, who are illegally in the U.S. of A., don't come through the southern border. They come on airplanes. They overstay visas. 40%. But I don't see anybody dealing with that yeah. reality. Instead, they want to somehow make uh, these poor, struggling folks coming up into evil folks. It's terrible. Yeah, well, first of all, that's demagoguery, number one. Number two, 40% isn't a majority. That's what comes through our airports, overstays visas. But at least they come into the country illegally uh, illegally at the outset so you can track them. We need to do a better job of that. It's always been my position. Number two, we're not demonizing people from a particular country. We're saying... And I'm saying that there are people who come to this country. We don't know why they're coming. They've been deported and they somehow get back in. They've committed crimes. This is going back to the Obama administration and the exchanges between ICE Director Saldana and Ted Cruz, where she conceded the point. Somebody from Texas, Saldana, in addition to Cruz, conceded the point of the tens of thousands of people in this country illegally who've committed class X felonies. It's not the majority of the 12 to 20 million people. It's a small fraction, and a small fraction of a big number is a big problem. And neither party, you must not have heard what I said, neither party has been willing to address that even basic issue of removing people who commit violent crimes from this country and making sure they do not return and preventing people who are inclined to commit violent crimes from coming in the first place. Neither party has done the job. It's one of the reasons Trump got elected. And because, you know, Republicans punted on the comprehensive immigration reform that was proposed previously, uh, I mean, that that doesn't mean anything in terms of addressing the fundamental problem. Nobody is willing to talk about the underlying immigration law that I'd like to see change and I'd like to be liberalized and I'd like to bring more people here who want to add value to this country. But nobody's willing to talk about that, including me, until you accomplish the one thing every politician says they want to accomplish with respect to predators who get into this country and can then come back to this country after committing illegal acts. And both parties have failed on that, which is why Trump was elected to president of the United States. 
Well, if you want to play racial, hateful, xenophobic how politics, I, how is you can say, oh, yeah, how the American that? people will play that game. But there's no reality of what you're saying. In fact, the crime rate among illegal immigrants is lower than the crime so rate what? among native-born Americans. It should be zero. So it should be zero. Again, this is so distorting. But again, you feed this kind of thing to your listeners to stir them up on Election Day. Because you don't have anything else. Because That's, if you look at oh the Trump gosh. record when it comes Please. to immigration, again, nothing. I don't it's have anything like else. Healthcare. I could talk about so, total, I could talk about jobs. Failure. I could talk about jobs and economic growth for this entire segment. I don't have anything else. Yeah, I could talk about deregulation. In fact, more jobs were created in the 21 month period under Obama than in the 21 month period under Trump. Is going? Are you going to tell people that? <laughs> Okay, Juan, it's just data, but data is racist when it doesn't comport with your worldview. Juan Williams, oh, it's Fox. racist to say more Juan, jobs were Juan, created under Obama than under Trump. Juan That's w- racist. Yeah, okay. Juan Williams, Fox News contributor. Thanks for joining us, Juan. He, he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Here's special election night coverage tonight, beginning at 7. Then talk about it with Dan and Amy tomorrow morning, starting at 5 a.m. on your election station, a.m. 560. The Answer.